with fast funding up to $10,000 available through net credit. Our online application process was designed to get the money you need quickly if approved. You can borrow an amount that meets your needs and repay in a way that works for your financial situation. And we report on-time payments to credit bureaus so you can build credit history as you repay. See what net credit can do for you today. Check your eligibility without affecting your credit score at netcredit.com. All net credit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the net credit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. The Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by SixYardsOut.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Just a quick reminder to people about our big summer quiz on the 27th of July where we are raising money for Sporting Minds UK. There's some great prizes on offer so head over to www.rcdonate.com for further details and to donate to a great cause. Hello Rovers fans and welcome to this special edition Rovers Chat podcast looking at the state of Rovers finances following the publication of the 2019-20 accounts this week. I am absolutely delighted to be joined today by Liverpool University's football finance expert and one half of the Price of Football podcast, Kieran Maguire. Kieran, how are you today and welcome aboard. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly nervous, Glenn, because it's the day before England play Italy uh, in the final. So, so like the rest of the country, I suspect, like all the rest of the country as football fans, I'm checking my watch every five minutes. And, and it, I, I, I genuinely feel like a kid on Christmas Eve. Uh, so, yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm excited about the football. Um, looking forward to coming back, football to coming back and being able to watch it um, and hopefully football getting its finances in order so uh, I can have a quieter life. <laughs> I was going to say, it must be a busy time for you this time of year with that extension of the deadline for submitting accounts for the, the end of June. It must be manic. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in, in the space of 24 hours, you know, Rover's accounts came out, Sheffield Wednesdays came out because they wanted to get out of the embargo and then there were three or four clubs in Leagues 1 and 2 um, and I'm quite OCD, so I, I'm, I obsess with getting them into my spreadsheet and trying to make some sense of them. So yeah, it, it has been it's 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 been uh, it, it's it's been a busy time. But I've I've always taken the view in life it's better to be too busy than too quiet. And uh, uh, you know, if if people are interested in the numbers, that then fine. And and equally, if if they think the finances are nothing to do with football I fully understand that as well I, 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 I go to football to abuse Mike Dean like many fans <laughs> rather than talk amortization so uh yeah so that's yeah I'm, I'm, I'm just a football fan with a big calculator no oh, brilliant and uh, I must say that the podcast is fantastic we, we had a little chat before we started and it's it's my favorite podcast I mean we have our 1875 podcast so company man 1875 podcast is the best one but in terms of religiously listening it's the first one i download when it's out twice so we can encourage everybody to do that as well so um, so jumping into blackburn rovers then we published our full accounts this week up to the 30th of june uh, and as what has become a common theme it doesn't make for great reading so kira before i ask you what these accounts tell us about how bad the situation is just for a bit of context i thought it was popping here that when venkis bought rovers back in november 2010 they paid 23 million for a 99.9% stake in the club, and they paid off the existing debt of 20 million. So for a fee of around 43 million pounds, they bought a Premier League club. 
I'm going to kind of lean on that £23 million purchase fee just as we get on to kind of what the accounts look like this season. So um, so what do these most recent accounts tell us about the current state of the club? Um, well, uh, Rovers, like uh, practically every club in the championship, um, are, are losing huge sums of money. Um, and that's been the case uh, for the last decade. If, 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 if you take a look uh, at the at the finances of the championship, uh, it, it's this lunatic division. And part of the reason for that is that clubs are chasing the dream. They're, they're chasing the dream of uh, the opportunity to go to uh, the Etihad and uh, Anfield and Stamford Bridge and lose 4-0 uh, and, uh, and enjoy the experience. Um, with, with the belief that they're going to make a lot of money, uh, but, but that belief uh, also proves not to be the case. So if, if we look specifically um, at Rovers, um, the, the accounts were for the year ended the 30th of June 2020. So COVID hit the end of the season, probably costs, cost Rovers you know, probably four or five home matches worth of income. So that was a, about a million pounds. So, so that was sort of the direct impact. Um, they had less TV money because the Premier League had to give some rebates and the, uh, the EFL deal was sort of curtailed a little bit as well because the, the EFL uh, you know, sold the rights for the Championship League One and League Two. And, and remember, League One and League Two didn't take place. So more money had to go back to, the, to, to Sky and the broadcast partners. Um, and uh, in terms of commercial partners, if, if you've paid for uh, advertising, uh, if, if you've paid for pouring rights at a ground um, and there's nobody there, then there's nobody to see your advert. So you know, all in all, it, 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 it reduced the money coming in, uh, as far as Rovers were concerned, by three million pounds at the same time. The wage bill went up by three million pounds, and the wage bill was already um, it was it wasn't extreme. Uh, the the average wage, according to my calculations, which are all yeah, it's all a bit woolly, all a bit uh, all a bit soft. These numbers, but I, I estimated that that Rovers were paying uh, about ten thousand seven hundred pounds per week uh, in in 2018-19, and that went up to twelve thousand three hundred in 2019-20 because they, they did invest uh, money in players. So you, you put all that together, less money coming in, more money going out, and it meant that the losses uh, overall went out up from uh, 18 million pounds to 22. Um, and that was sort of cushioned to a certain extent that uh, Rovers did have some player sales which brought in money in 2020 and that wasn't the case in in 2019. So um, as a result of that uh, they had to be bailed out and um, what we've seen is that the the total borrowings of the club the vast majority of which has come from the Venkies the total borrowings of Rovers is 156 million pounds and on top of that the uh, the owners have put a lot of money in in the form of shares so from a pure business point of view it it looks quite scary um and the club is dependent upon the venkies to continue to write out those checks 
and, and those checks, if we're honest, over the past, you know, certainly the past three seasons, you know, that they're effectively being asking us to write out checks of three, four hundred thousand pounds a week every week. Uh, and, you know, that's that's uh, that's big pocket money for whoever whoever is the recipient. It is, yeah. Like we're just going to kind of draw on that kind of four hundred thousand pound a week. So that that kind of comes out at around about uh, twenty one point nine, twenty two million, I think, doesn't it? So, so for me, I think the twenty nineteen twenty season that to me looks like a Bradley Dak sized hole in the finances. So that season he was he was flying and he, he picked up his first ACL injury, and I fully expected him to kind of go in the January or the summer to kind of fill that that gap in the finances, if you will. And I think we're we've probably got a similar situation at the minute with Adam Armstrong. So I think if Brighton wanted to offer 50 million for him, we'd be probably happy to take that money. But um, I think um, for me, the, the business model for the club at the minute has to be, or, or should be, or maybe already is, either buy cheap and sell high or develop your academy and sell high and kind of hope that you get that one season where the stars align, you get a bit of luck and you make it up to the Premier League, the promised land. I mean, if, if we, let's say we did get to the Premier League, is that going to solve all the problems one season at the Premier League? Or are we kind of looking at we'll need to be there for three, four, five, six years to, to fill that, that 156 million that we're, we're kind of in debt to the owners? Um, even if the club is promoted to the Premier League, I, I think potentially you, you can make a profit for one year. So um, if we take a look at um, Sheffield United, for example, when they were promoted to the Premier League, they made a profit of £20 million. But the previous season in the Championship, they'd lost £20 million. So all that you're doing is that you're, you're, you're effectively neutralising probably one year. Um, and, uh, you know, I've got to hold my hands up here for Brovers fans. I'm a Brighton fan. We... We spent an absolute fortune trying to get promoted to the Premier League. Yeah, we, we were in the Championship, you know, similar to Rovers. We were in the Championship for, for most of the last decade. Um, and uh, we, we wrapped up huge losses, uh, you know, regularly, you know, 15, 20 million pounds a season, similar to, to where Rovers are at present. Uh, we went up. We In our first season, we made a profit of 11 million pounds. The second season in the Premier League, where we just escaped relegation, we made a loss of 20. And in the third season, we lost 60. So you're still going to be losing money if you get promoted. The only way the Venkis could potentially recoup their money is if they sell the club to somebody else. Now, if, if I was trying to sell Blackburn Rovers today as a club in the championship, I'd probably be looking in the region of 30 to 40 million pounds, you know, from a, from a pure business point of view, ignoring all the losses that they've made. Yeah. So clearly they're not going to get their money back. If you get promoted to the Premier League, then you could probably, you could probably add a, a, a one in front of that or perhaps a wee bit more. But uh, even so, potential owners are quite wary about clubs that do get promoted because we've only got to look at what's happened in recent years, you know, Fulham, West Brom, Norwich, Sheffield United, Huddersfield, and so on. These clubs go up, and they, they tend to come yeah. straight back down within you know one or two years. So um, potential owners are a little bit cautious, and, and what they might say, well, we'll pay you eighty million pounds, and we'll we'll give you another twenty if you survive three seasons, mm -hmm. and another twenty if you make it to five seasons. So that so the deals tend to be performance related. 
Um, so that's, I think that would be the main way of the Venkis getting their money back. And remember, we've just had season 2020-21, yeah. where I, I think, Glenn, if we, if we have this conversation in a year, we will be looking nostalgically back at 2019-20 and say, do you remember the glory years when we only lost 21 million quid? Because you've got no, uh, you've got no match day income. You, you will have been hit from a commercial point of view because the sponsors say, you know, why, why bother? Because you know, there's nobody there and, and the TV deals have been squeezed. Yeah, you, you kind of, my last question was next year is going to be a car crash, isn't it? We've had kind of three, four months of COVID in these accounts. Next year is a full 12 months of that. So you think of that, the, the million, three million you mentioned earlier, extrapolated out over the season, it's going to be much worse. I think just, just back to the Venkis then. So it, for me, at the minute, as long as the Venkis are, are kind of happy to keep paying that debt and that number keeps growing, it, it's not really an issue. It's when they kind of decide one day, you know what, I've had enough of this. I've, like Eddie Davis at Bolton, for example, who decides I want to sell up. So for me at the minute, it's kind of better the devil you know with the Venkis. They're kind of they're paying the debt. Uh, yeah, they, they've kind of made mistakes in the past. But the fan, pay, fan base is a little bit split with them. But even if we change the owners now, the problem is that 400 grand a week deficit, isn't it? It doesn't really matter about the debt. What counts towards the, the sort of the, the profit and sustainability rules is that 400 grand a week. So regardless of who's kind of running the ship at the top, unless that 400 grand a week reduces, we're still in the same problem, regardless of who owns the club, aren't we? Absolutely, Glenn. You're 100% you're, spot on. Um, the, the only way to address the the losses issue is a to control your costs and, and if we take a look at rovers for the past yeah i've i've i've, I've got a big spreadsheet but if, if we just restrict it to the last eight years uh rovers it, for every 100 pounds worth of, of money coming in through the door in 2013 they spent 136 on wages Next season, 114, then 134, 115, 147, 187 in 2018. I don't know who, who you signed that year. 134 in 2019 and club record in 2020, 189. Can you think of any other business on the planet where you're spending almost twice the money coming in on your wages? If you're running a hotel, if you're running a pub, if you're running a, you know, a chip shop you'd be out of business but you know the i i appreciate that there is a um an issue in terms of the benkies uh that they they, they do polarize the fan base and, and i think that could probably let be leveled at them in terms of the quality of the decisions that they've made but in terms of their willingness to continually underwrite the club uh you know the the, the debts in in 2011 were 26 million pounds and the debts are now 156 and, and those debts have been you know undertaken and taken over by the Venki family so um you know that they, they've they, they've kept writing out the checks and, and also I think you're absolutely right to to bring up the subject of Eddie Davis at Bolton and I know there's not a lot of love between the two clubs but he was he was a Bolton fan and eventually he got fed up of the stick he was getting from Bolton fans saying, why aren't you putting your money, yeah, why aren't you putting your hand in your pocket? And I go, 
well, I put 175 million pounds in, and and in the end, you know, his, his health was failing. He just he just decided he'd had enough, um, and and that's that's the fear. You know, it, the Benkeys is the bet of the devil. You know, when the alternative is Dean Holdsworth, Ken Anderson, uh, yeah. and uh, Lawrence Bassini, who who turned up at. Uh, uh, at, at, uh, at Bolton Stadium uh, with a megaphone one day claiming he was going to take over the club. Um, the guy, uh, if, if you talk to Watford fans about Lawrence Bassini, um, when, he, when he was there, it was, it was an absolute nightmare. Um, and they're, they're, all I can say is there are other things I know about him, which I'm not prepared to say on a podcast, which, which reflect on him even worse. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I think there's, there's something you mentioned in your podcast every week. You, you term people wrongans. For me, I don't think the Benkies fall into that wrongans category. I think they fall into the, we were probably a little bit naive when we bought the club and that's how we've ended up where we are. I think the timing as well in terms of getting relegated from the Premiership when we did before the big, big money came along. It was just a, a perfect storm of that combined with spending money on the likes of Jordan Rhodes, uh, the the wages we paid some experienced players when we got relegated, that kind of created this legacy of issues we've got now where, like you say, we're, we're kind of, we're paying, what was it, £12,000 a week on average, a wage? And, 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 and that's, that, that's not bad by, no. by a champion. The average in the championship is 15 and a half. Yeah. So, you know, Rovers are in the bottom half of the table when it comes to wages. Yeah, and I think just to touch on that as well, in terms of the, the squad costs. So I saw a graph that you put out the other day, which was the the total price of squads in the championship for that season. And Rovers came in at 17th highest, but finished 11th. So for me, we're, we're outperforming our financials, which is fantastic. But as a fan base, you obviously, 11th isn't good enough. You want to be top six. You want to be pushing for playoffs. And I, I think for me, I'd, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, but I think there'd be value in the club coming out and explaining what these accounts mean in terms of, these are the losses. This is how it impacts the transfers, the wages we can offer, loans. But the flip side of that is that, well, then you're saying, well, we're not going to get promotion, so why should I buy a season ticket? But then at the same time, well, we're struggling, so I should buy a season ticket to support the club. It's uh, just a bit more You're a Rovers fan. You're a Rovers exactly. fan. You're, you're in love with the club. That's why you buy a season ticket. Uh, you know, that there are... Um, I'm, I'm a Brighton fan. We ain't going to win anything, ever. You know, if, if we... If, if we finish 14th in the Premier League, that, that would be our best ever season. So you, it, it's a case of su support the shirt, go along to the matches because you'll see your mates. You'll, it'll, yeah, it'll, yeah. Give, it'll give you an opportunity to call Mike Dean lots of names. <laughs> that, 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 that's worth something to me. I've, I've spent the last 15 years of my life doing that. It gives me a lot of pleasure. Oh, well, after the last season in the Championship, we love Mike Dean. Some of the referees in the division have been there. Uh questionable to say the least there's a couple of uh what's the word i won't say favorites of rovers fans the opposite of favorites. <laughs> villains that's the word villains yes. uh, so in terms of the fans and what they can do then to help this situation is it just a case of getting your season ticket putting that kind of putting that money back into the club getting your pint before the game your merchandise that kind of thing i know it's not going to fill that 400 grand a week kind of gap but every little helps isn't it it's it's got to be a start yeah, I think I think as fans, it's it's a case of being realistic uh, in terms of our expectations because we we do have this double-edged sword. You hear an awful lot of fans 
saying on the one hand, uh, the game has been ruined because the players are paid too much. And on the other hand, they're moaning at the board of directors for not signing new players who, if you sign the new players, they'll be wanting more money. So um, I, I think yeah, you, you touched on an issue earlier when you said that the, the club could do a lot to help itself uh, in terms of communication, because not too far away from Blackburn, as we both know, we've got Accrington Stanley and uh, Accrington Stanley's owner, Andy Holt, 99% of uh, Stanley fans thinks he thinks he walks on water because mm. he he talks to the fans through social media. Uh, he he's in the bar before the match. He's he engages and he's honest. He says we're Accrington Stanley. We've got yeah we've got the lowest or the second lowest budget in League One. Um, I, I'm not prepared to gamble the future of the club by spending money on wages which which I can't afford. He says yeah I can afford to subsidise the club by to let's say you know. 250 grand a year because he, he runs a, a plastic box factory yeah. he's, you know he's, he's a local lad and the fans say fair play to you Andy you know we're we're on board with you and, and perhaps if people at the top level uh, at, uh, at at Rovers um start to engage uh on a more uh on, on a less sniffy level perhaps on, yeah. on a more uh you know, we understand your concerns. What would you do in our situation? And that, that's what yeah. I always say. You know, if, uh, you know, I have fans from quite a few clubs who who say to me, you know, why isn't my, my club spending the money? I said, well, okay, these are the numbers. If you were in charge, what would you do? Yeah. And all of a sudden, those people who say, oh, well, yeah, you've got to speculate to accumulate. This is what speculate to accumulate means. And just try this for a couple of months, if, if that's what you believe. When you get your next wage packet, spend it all on scratch cards. And then the yeah. following month, spend it all on scratch cards. And then wonder why the rent's not being paid, yeah. the wife's left you, um, and you're living on pot noodle. Because yeah. speculate to accumulate normally means that you lose. Because, yeah. you know speculation means gambling and getting in gambling the only people that win on a regular basis is the house is the bookies yeah definitely um, and you've, you've touched on something there and um i kind of carry it on from that theme of what fans can do just um as i said the fan base is split on their opinion of the owners still and the large aspects of that as you mentioned is because of the communication with the fans I, i've always felt there's an element where you could kill two birds with one stone uh, and getting fans involved in that kind of upper levels of the club so in terms of we're struggling financially, would there be any value to the Venki say of, of creating a share offering and you could buy shares or stock in Rovers for whatever price per share for a seat on the board and a say in how the club's run and then you become a small percentage fan owners club. There's a few few sections of the fan base think we'd be better getting shut of the Venkis, getting taking a medicine, administration, etc., and starting afresh. I, I personally think that's a, a roller coaster I don't want to go on. I don't know where that ends, but in terms of finding the middle ground where fans have got some involvement with the club, how how realistic and kind of achievable is that? Um, the the issue with administration is first of all, a lot of people who work for Blackburn Rovers Football Club are going to lose their jobs. Mm. Now, if if fans think that's good, that that's fine. But I, I and then whoever takes over, and if it's and if you want to be a community club, um, 
I, I would thoroughly recommend, yeah, the, the, and it does have merits. You know, it, it certainly is merits. Go and talk to the people that ran Portsmouth when it was a community club. Go and talk to the people that, that ran Wickham Wanderers and they will tell you it was a, excuse my language, it was a, I'll, I'll, I'll temper my language, it was an unpleasant experience because when mm. you start, you've got 100 people all want to join in. Yeah, I'll do this, I'll do that. Within six months, you're down to six people. And then one of those people thinks he knows or she knows an awful lot about football. Yeah. So therefore, they start to get involved, and they say, "Well, why aren't we signing him? Because he looks good on Football Manager. Yeah, why aren't we doing it?" And and the thing is that they're not actually people from a professional football background. They they may have professional qualifications, uh, and yeah, yeah. those clubs that are fan owned, I, I take my hat off to them. And mm. and some of them are doing absolutely amazing things. I don't know whether you've seen what uh, what Motherwell Football Club have just done. Uh, they announced yesterday, yeah. and that is sort of a, a fan, certainly a fan invested club, is that they are giving out season tickets mm. to people who have been hit financially uh, on by COVID. Um, and the yeah. clubs and the fans have done that and the clubs match the number of season. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and, and this is, uh, you know, and that is sort of you know, fan owned community club ethos and so on. But that can only take you so far because if you get into the championship, the average losses for clubs in the yeah. championship are half a million pounds a week. So where's that money going to come from? Because, you know, if if we're realistic, you know, Rovers fan base, what are we talking, 15, 18,000 regulars? If that, probably more of a Cadillac, 12,000, 13,000, I think, before COVID, yeah. It's, okay. Uh, okay, well, half a, half a million pounds a week spread between 12,000 people. Big and that's, that, yeah, yeah that, that's not good. Is that that's that's 30 quid a week per fan. Yeah. Um and, and what are you getting for that? Well, you're you're getting what you've got at present, you know, a, a club which has a wage bill which is in the bottom half of the division. Yes, you know, and in an ideal world, you'll you'll develop some players coming through the academy and so on, but uh that, that doesn't guarantee, and, and and we've seen those clubs that have gambled in the championship, the the likes of Sheffield Wednesday and Derby. You know, Sheffield Wednesday ended up with a points deduction. Derby now have a suspended points deduction. Reading haven't paid their wages on time. Sheffield Wednesday haven't paid their wages on time. Derby haven't paid their wages on time. It, it's 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 no fun. Um yeah. so I I genuinely don't think going down the um, the administration route is good. Uh, you know, Wigan have come out of it on the other side now. Uh, and yes, they are starting to spend money in, uh, in League One. But Wigan were extremely well run financially by Dave Whelan, who I feel honour bound to mention, broke a leg in an FA Cup final. Not that he ever mentions it. No, um, no one's ever mentioned that. that no, was no, 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 no. They, but Dave Whelan ran uh, ran Wigan Athletic extremely well financially. He the, the club was then sold, and within eighteen months it was in administration. They had to sell their uh, they had to sell their their training ground. That they they were relegated. They did have a points deduction, um, and, and the only people who gained from that were the administrators and the lawyers who have who have walked away with millions as a result. Um, the yeah. Yeah, people that have lost their job. They haven't gained. 
the club hasn't gained because it, it did actually have quite a few decent players, all of whom have been sold for a, a relative yeah. pittance. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it's it's a long way to end up back where you started, really, isn't it? Back at the Championship, making losses, looking for investors and potential charlatans who maybe are in it for the best interests. So for me, it's not the way to go. I mean, you touched on it and it's something I wanted to bring up, actually. Profit and sustainability and FFP, how close are Rovers to that threshold? And has that threshold been amended because of COVID in terms of when points deductions, transfer embargoes become an issue? Well, if, if we take a look at the, the broad figures, mm-hmm. over the course of the last three years, looking at what I've got in front of me, uh, Rovers have lost £57 million in three seasons. You're allowed to lose 39 now, what you're also allowed to do is that um, infrastructure costs are excluded, academy costs are excluded. So, so you can reduce that 56, 57 million pounds a bit. And also, if you've got COVID costs, so uh, for example, you'd be able to say you know, the last five home games of the season we lost, mm-hmm. we would normally expect to have generated a million pounds in, in okay. income there. We would have expected to have generated another half million pounds in TV income, our sponsors. So, so you can add in some extra money coming in and you can also say we've had to adopt to COVID protocols. This has increased the cost because for the last uh, few matches of the season, when we were travelling to away matches, Uh, we had to put the players in three coaches instead of one because of social distancing. So there's lots. And and of course, you've got COVID testing costs. So there are adjustments um, to take into consideration in respect of COVID. And and what the EFL are doing, in effect, is that they're going to sort of combine 2020 and 21. So they're going to spread those costs over two years. But Rovers haven't got much wiggle room looking at these numbers um unless uh, what 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 category academy uh, is it is it even? it's top notch it's the category a i think category it is. A. Well, when that, well that that's actually probably good because um i i teach quite a few people now at various parts of the football world um i've even taught tony mowbray um and uh Normally, for a cat, if you if you got if you're a cat one, you're probably looking at costs of around about five million a year. So mm-hmm. over three years, we can knock fifteen million pounds off those losses. So if, if we do that, I, I would say that Rovers are probably just about sneaking in uh, in terms of living. But but you know if that that it, that it would also means if they're just sneaking in, they've not really got any leeway. Uh, to go out and spend big and you know of course there is talk about selling Alan Armstrong this summer uh, you know because he's he was uh, so so productive last year Um, so it it means that if you do sell it doesn't automatically mean that you can go out and buy a load of players because the profit from those sales needs to be parked to cover potential FFP issues um so you know the rumors of Messi to Ewood I just dampen those down if I were you <laughs> you have to take a massive pay cut I think to whatever yes. he's on now to get of 12,000 a week but um but no it, it, if they're combining those two years as well that that to me looks as though that for this summer and maybe yeah, well, it will be this summer won't it because the accounts will be due before next summer it wouldn't be a shock to see player sales and maybe not as much money reinvested in the squad to try and 
balance that 57 down to, to 39 with the academy. I think for me, the, the academy is, is almost the, the kind of shining light, the saving grace, and it, it was a Jack Walker thing. He built it down at Brockle, and it's kind of his legacy lives on, and, and ultimately he could potentially carry on saving the club for many years to come through that in, investment. And, and that's the sustainability part of profitability and sustainability here. Having that investment in youth uh, and, and keeping faith with it. Uh, if, if we take a look at Rovers going back a few years, in 2016, they made £16 million from player sales. In 2017, it was 10. You know, that's, that's all good news. And, and, and over the last three seasons, it's dipped a bit. So uh, you know, I, I, think, I think the club is doing the right thing uh, by by continuing to uh, you know d- develop the academy, and, and through the academy, we've seen some fantastic players play for Rovers as well. From from the likes of uh, Damian Duff, David Dunn, Phil Jones, you got uh, David Rayer who came through the academy. He's gone to Brentford. He'll be in the Premier League next year. Uh, currently, you've got Daryl Lenahan. So for me, as a, a local lad, a local fan, it's great to see those academy prospects come through as well. Uh, so I've just got one last question, which if you've got time to answer, would be yeah, brilliant. I'm going to try and put a bit of a positive spin on what seems like quite a negative podcast. So um, it looks as though we have to think outside the box to bring some more income in potentially. So one thought that I've had is with regards to our Stoke-on-Trent born Chilean sensation Ben Brayerton. So he's been a massive hit with the fans of the Chilean national team during his time at the Copper America this summer. Uh, there was a time when England was struggling to score a pass, a pass Scotland. He was banging him in for Bolivia. He was nutmegging uh, Diego Gordy, didn't you think? Who is this lad? It is Ben Brereton. This is an unbelievable story. Uh, and, and during that time, he's become the face of the COVID vaccine campaign. And there's been a number of his, uh, adverts with his face on billboards around Chile and Copper America. Is there any way that Rovers can kind of cash in on that kind of that, that publicity, that media in terms of image rights, things like that? Or is that just wishful thinking on my part? Um. I, I'm a bit like the Grim Reaper on this show, aren't I? I'm, unfortunately, I, I don't think you can you can convert that interest into hard cash unless you sell him. You know, okay. So if, if people are going to say, well, yeah, why, why, don't, why don't we go and uh, open up a couple of Rovers shops in, in South America and, and sell shirts? It, it's, it's, not, it's not something that tends to work um unless the player is a long-term cult hero so it works for spurs with uh, with son but he's now been at spurs for a few years and um I, I i went to to spurs new stadium to to see brighton play 10 at the back for 90 minutes um for a, a year or so ago and, and what was very noticeable was that the, the large number of tourist fans there who who were going into the mega store and buying son related merchandise but that i think that that's one thing if you come across to london uh, rovers don't simply don't have the resources to set up a you know a spanish language or a portuguese language um twitter feed or social media feed because their their existing comms team is uh, you know is, is running around chasing its tail um so i, I i'd like to say that this would work but it's not I, I know i know at brighton we've got um uh, a player who we've just signed from ecuador who who we are told I mean, I, i've been on ecuadorian tv uh talking about it and, and i'm you know I'm, I'm as baffled as the person interviewing me 
Um, and, and it's it's interest, but it, interest doesn't turn into cash. The, the, no. the, the, the you know Ecuadorian fans are not going to start buying Brighton shirts any more than uh, you know Chilean fans are going to start buying uh, Ben's Ben shirt. Or if they do, it's actually going to be the Chile shirt with his name on rather than a Rover shirt. And that's the other thing is kind of the way the club could potentially cash in on that is selling more shirts with his name on the back. More Rovers fans going to see him at Ewood, but in terms of getting the Chile shirt with Brereton on the back, the club probably makes nothing off that, doesn't it? That's all through the national team's agreement with him. So uh, yeah. it was a bit of wishful thinking on my part, but uh, thank you anyway. So uh, I'm conscious we've approached, we're past half an hour now, so thank you very much for your time. And uh, I know you're a very busy man at the minute, and I don't want you to get in trouble with the Baroness. So uh, I'm going <laughs> to let you go if that's OK. But as I say, it's been absolutely brilliant to, to run through this with you for the last 30, 40 minutes. Really insightful. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, it's good just to get it out there, what the accounts mean, and also the context in terms of other clubs in the division. So thank you very much, Kieran. Well, th thanks very much for the invite, Glenn. Uh, I've always enjoyed my trips to uh, Ewood as well, because it's, it's, it's a proper ground and you can get proper pies outside as well. Uh, and, and as a Brighton fan, sorry about what happened with, with Shane Duffy. I, I can't understand why he was such an ass when he was at your at your place <laughs> bit just before he left, uh, because he was brilliant for us for three and a half seasons. And then he went, he's got the one to Celtic and he turned Bobbins there as well. <laughs> I think, was it Brighton he played against where he scored two own goals and got sent off or something along those lines? And then about three weeks later, I think you bought him. So at the time, you were more than welcome to him. Yes. <laughs> but he was the highest goal scorer before he arrived. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, just for, before we finish, for anybody who doesn't already, make sure you do give the Price of Football podcast a listen. It's insightful as well as funny. And I personally think it's important that fans know what's going on with their clubs and other clubs financially and how it can affect what happens on the pitch in terms of moving up and down the table, etc. I'd also recommend that people go out and give Kieran's book a read. Um, I think he's got a different cover now in the background of yours. Yeah, there, Kieran, yeah, but... yeah, he's now got a yellow cover. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but um, it is a fantastic read. It, it's eye-opening in terms of the numbers that are in there and how the finances work. And anybody who has an interest just in the finances of the club, it, it's a great kind of textbook of how to read the account. So I highly recommend that. And um, you can find Kieran on Twitter at, at Kieran Maguire and the podcast at POF underscore pod. And uh, on that, thank you very much, Kieran. Really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thanks for the invite, Glenn. We hope you've enjoyed this video. Don't forget to subscribe to the Aurobis Chat YouTube channel if you haven't already by clicking that subscribe button and clicking the bell icon to receive notifications when our fantastic new content is released. We've got loads of good stuff coming out at the minute so make sure you're signed up for that so you don't miss anything. And finally, we'll finish with a message from our sponsors. The Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by SixYardsOut.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods, including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.